All right, everybody, welcome to the Blaugrana Show, a Barcelona podcast. This is the first week we are on the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, very excited to be with them. It's basically a group of a bunch of former SB Nation podcasts that have kind of grouped together to uh, help each other out. And so this is still, you know, the podcast you all know associated with BarcelonaBlaugrana.com, just hosted in a little bit of a different spot. We'll still be on the website, still chat with everybody like we usually do. But very excited to be a part of the Fans First Sports Network and very excited to talk about a Classico win. So today's going to be a solo pod. Uh, thanks to Nick for joining us last week to preview the Classico live from Barcelona. Uh, messaged him this morning. Very excited for him that he got to attend that, uh, that matchup and get to see one of the best Classicos we've had in a while. Let's get into it. So this was the 100th Classico win for Barcelona. Just some of the facts, this opens up a massive 12-point gap at the top of the league, which like, I don't have to tell you how massive that is. Uh, they had 55% of the possession, 17 shots, seven shots on target to Madrid's three. They were more accurate in the passing department, committed one less foul, uh, less offsides, had eight corners to Madrid's one. I know the scoreline was close, and I know Real Madrid had a few chances Barcelona were clearly the better team, in my opinion. I I don't think it was all that close. Uh, when you have an own goal like that happen, that's kind of random. Real Madrid's goal was offside, despite the uh, the scuttlebutt from Carlo Ancelotti. Like even managing Madrid and their recap kind of had or their their uh, questions and answers piece, which was really good. Had kind of the definitive photo, which shows him pretty clearly offside. Just for whatever reason, the images we were getting through some of the broadcasts and online were kind of confusing and made it seem like it was perhaps the wrong call. And it was the right call. Barcelona go on to win after the Asensio goal was ruled offsides. Um, I think it's important to mention that, yes, health was a slight factor for Real Madrid. I think fatigue in particular after the... And that's something Nick and I talked about last week. But after the 80 minutes, all the starters played against Liverpool last week for them to come, you know, to a in a way Classico is asking a lot. There wasn't a ton of rotation, if any, honestly. I, I didn't look at the comparative lineups from the two matches for Mancelotti. Benzema was slightly injured, although he was still, he seemed up to it at certain points. The guy terrifies me. Uh, health was definitely a bigger factor for Barcelona, being without Pedri. Being without Usman Dembele, again, the fact that they've been able to kind of maintain this lead over Madrid in the league before this matchup and then to come away with a win after it seemed like they were going to lose in the 80th minute or whenever the Asensio goal was, I think it was around the 80th minute. It's just incredible. And I still have questions about Xavi's man management in European fixtures, but for whatever reason against Real Madrid, he's really good. Like, I don't, I don't, he seems like he understands, he understands that fixture, obviously, for obvious reasons, better than just about anyone besides Sergio Busquets, who continues to rack up Classico results for Barcelona. Uh, Frankie de Jong, just an incredible masterclass in the midfield, was so freaking good. And you're able to throw Sergio Roberto, who continues to be just the, like, the, like the definition of plucky. Like, I don't know any other way to put it than he's plucky. He's just a plucky guy. Just another great Classico performance. Uh, he gives it all for Barcelona every time he plays. And 
it can be frustrating when he gets deployed in situations where you're like, why is he there? But he's just really like, he's a gap filler. Uh, he's he's the James Milner of of Barcelona, or maybe James Milner is the Sergio Roberto of Liverpool. But you can never have, I guess you can't have too many of those guys, but it's really just nice to have a guy that you can plug and play and finish a striker's goal in the box when... Listen, Rafinha was good. He was really good in this game. But my goodness, that swing and miss right before the Roberto goal would have been brutal to look back on had Roberto not converted. Uh, overall, great performance in Barcelona. I love Alejandro Balde getting the ball in for the uh, the Kessie winner. It was nice to see a guy look up before he crosses the ball. That was cool. Uh, the Lewandowski back heel to Balde right before the cross. Just gorgeous. Beautiful interchange play. And just really a nice result before the international break. Like, what else can you ask for? Uh, now they have um, the international break. When they come back from the international break, let me look at their their fixture list here. They'll have Elche on the first, and then a few days later, the second leg of the Copa del Rey against Real Madrid, where they lead 1-0. That will be a home fixture, which is nice. <laughs> just get, You know, listen, Barcelona are in Europe right now great time to be a Barcelona fan like that that result it does not put away the league officially but it would have to be a pretty dramatic collapse to lose the league with you know what do they have two four six eight ten twelve league fixtures left twelve league fixtures left twelve point lead at the top of the table that'd be a pretty pretty dramatic collapse so job's not done yet but it is nice that you have a 12-point gap like that and have consistently won the Classicos this year, which is awesome. Uh, let's talk about the UCL matchups. Uh, I didn't want to talk about... I, I know Barcelona are not in the Champions League. Uh, that doesn't mean the Champions League isn't entertaining as crap, and I still want to talk about it. So if you have enjoyed the Barcelona segment and want to tune out now, totally understand. But we're going to get into some more generic football stuff now. All right. <clears throat> so... On one side of the bracket, we have three Italian teams. We have Inter going up against Benfica and Milan against Napoli. So you're going to have one Italian team in the semifinal, which is pretty cool. Like we haven't had since like, I guess, when was the last time an Italian team? I think it was the Mourinho, um, the Mourinho Inter squad, right? That won the last European championship for Italy. Let's see. Yeah. In 2009, 2010. Uh, Juventus were in it twice, of course, lost to Barcelona and Real Madrid, but the last Italian team to win was Inter Milan. Before that, it was Milan against Liverpool. So it's been a long time since we've had a, uh, an Italian team in the final. It's also been an equally long time since 2003, 2004 Porto, also, I believe managed by Jose Mourinho that where there was a Portuguese team. And right now, on that side of the bracket, you'd have to say the favorites to see in the semifinal are Benfica against Napoli, which would be thrilling. Benfica is <laughs> in ridiculous form this year. I mean, just like literally just, I want to say they have one of the best uh, win percentages in all of football. I I saw a stat on that and I can't seem to pull it up, but they've been ridiculous. Napoli have, of course, been ridiculous. And so that's a very fascinating side of the bracket. I don't think you're going to have anyone say that's the strongest side of the bracket because on the other side you have Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man City, and Bayern. Uh, Real Madrid get Chelsea, I think, for the third straight year. 
Chelsea are somehow in the Champions League quarterfinal, despite looking like absolute crap in most of their fixtures. <laughs> they uh, they drew with Everton over the weekend with the hilarious 89th minute Everton goal to tie the match uh, and claw Everton's way out of the relegation battle. But Chelsea, I don't know. They have talent. Like They could make Real Madrid's life difficult, especially if Real Madrid looked like they did over the weekend. Uh He'd still have to favor Real Madrid. And then I think the nobody would disagree that the matchup of the quarterfinals is Manchester City against Bayern Munich. Uh, the Jao Cancelo Bowl. And I don't know if any of you uh, were paying attention, but apparently, according to Julian Nagelsmann, uh, Bayern Munich have a mole in the camp. Uh, secret tactics were reportedly leaked. I haven't um uh I haven't actually read like a ton about it. All I know is Byron was asked about it and Nagelsmann said, "It bothers me a lot. The person who transmits this harm is each of the players. It is not the objective. Moles are protected species. Every time you drive through the countryside, you see 80,000 moles and you can't get rid of them. The search is very, very difficult." I try to find out what the reason is, end quote. So uh, I think the this stems a little bit from um, in January, right? They sacked their goalkeeping coach, uh, Tony Taplovich, who basically was accused of sharing information from the coach's meeting with Manuel Neuer. I don't, uh, I, I think the reason it was problematic was because uh, when it's in a coach's meeting, uh, they don't want anybody to know about it, which is cool, I guess, you know, good for them. Uh, still a little strange. I don't know. It's interesting. I like the idea of Jao Cancelo being like a secret agent, you know, on loan from City to leak information. I have no idea who's going to win that. I mean, Erling Holland had freaking like, what is it? Eight goals in four days. And so, I mean, if he can replicate any of that, obviously you'd have to favor City, but Byron or Byron. So very excited for that. And those fixtures will take place April 11th and 12th for the first leg and then the next week for the second leg. And I hope we get some bangers because honestly, the, the round of 16 wasn't that close. We had a 7-1 aggregate, 5-1 aggregate, 8-1 aggregate, 6-2 aggregate, 3-0 aggregate. There weren't really anything that close besides the interfixtures or besides the both Milan teams' fixtures and then the Chelsea fixture. Everything else wasn't that close. So hoping for a great quarterfinals. Uh, heading into international break, there are Euro qualifiers this week. The first and second match days. So I did just want to highlight, in case some of you weren't aware, uh, some of the good matches this week. Italy and England play Thursday, which is, I mean, come on. Uh, France and Netherlands also uh, play Friday. What else do we got? We got Croatia and Wales on Saturday. Spain and Norway on Saturday. Sunday, England, Ukraine. Uh, so you got Poland, Albania, Ireland, France. Scotland, Spain on Tuesday. Turkey, Croatia on Tuesday as well. So got some good fixtures for the first and second match days of Euro qualifiers. Of course, those are out of 10. Uh, England and Italy are both in the same group, so that's definitely going to be interesting. That's probably the most interesting group that I can see off the top of my head. 
So good stuff. Uh, it is a little bit bitter. International breaks are always bittersweet, but at least we have some good fixtures that actually matter. This week, uh, we got freaking Diego Jota and Cristiano Ronaldo, both in the, the Portuguese uh, squad list for their fixtures. So a lot of entertaining stuff, especially Italy versus England opening things off. So enjoy the international break as much as you can. Congratulations to the Barcelona fans for the wonderful Classico win. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a rating if you so choose. And I will talk to you later this week. Thanks. Thanks.